Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere and I'm Bobby Sylvester. We're on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. And today we've got a DFS show for you today with our guests. But first, Tags, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. I've uh, I'm I'm wide awake today. I don't know how else to put it, man. I've been listening to some like old school metal today, and uh, as I was listening to it, I was thinking this music would probably terrify Bobby. It definitely would. I'm uh, much more of a country music type of guy, so not my kind of thing. Our guest today is Doug Norrie of DFSR.com. He can be found on Twitter at his name, Doug Norrie. That's N-O-R-R-I-E. Doug, how's it going? Yeah, it's great. I didn't expect to get like a metal reference here this early into the podcast, but no, it's all going good. Excited to talk about Week 13. So you have to, you have to break the tie. Are we going country music or metal for you? Oh, man, what an impossible... I mean, I, you're not allowed to vote neither in these things for me, <laughs> but uh, I would, I'm trending toward neither, but I probably go, I definitely have to go country over, over metal. Yeah, baby. Do you know how much hate I'm going to get for saying I like country music? Not as much hate as you got for the collusion thing. <laughs> yeah. I changed my mind on that. Everyone else was right. Okay. I'm sorry, everyone. All right. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was collusion. It makes that you guys made a lot of sense. Um, I do have a question for you before we get into the DFS stuff and all three of us really like to talk. So we need to get right in, but we were talking about the office before the show and how great it is. Doug's on like his 12th time through. We all love the office. If you have, if you haven't watched the office, like just go see it on Netflix. You're missing out. It's amazing. So who is your favorite character? We'll let you go first tags. I'm going to start by saying Jim and Pam because like they have to be, otherwise my wife would kill me. My wife and I are kind of known as Jim and Pam because that's actually how we met through work and you know stuff like that. So, um, but my favorite character has got to be Michael Scott. I mean, as much as I love that show and the writing in it and everything about it, the way they filmed it, everything Michael like made that show. Like everything he did, like Steve Carell was just so freaking good. Like nobody could replace him, and they they tried uh, on multiple occasions, and they struggled, and they struggled, but I still enjoyed the show afterwards. I know a lot of people stopped watching, but Michael Scott has got to be the answer here. I think he changed TV forever, man. It was just so good. I would have guessed your favorite would have been Meredith. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my God. I am so glad that they have, like, the blurred thing over her when all the stuff takes place that she does, because it's been terrible. But I did want to mention, before we go over to Doug's favorite, I do want to mention that when we were thinking about this, I was like, Okay, Andrew is one of our content managers at Fantasy Pros, and I think he's the Stanley of our company. Oh, <laughs> yes, man, that is so good. <laughs> he's so like you just never know what he's thinking, and then until he's like he's he's like mad about something, and then he's just like, "Hey, why do you do this?" And it's like so Stanley. It's like a monotone thing. It's hard to read him. It's awesome. Who is Clinton? Because you know Clinton's gonna listen to. Is he Angela? <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing, Clinton. <laughs> Okay, no one wants to hear this stuff. Doug, who's your favorite? I was going to say, I could do like an hour and a half on The Office. We just want to do that instead. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to, I mean, Scott obviously is, Michael Scott's obviously the cornerstone. But I'll, I'll go a little deeper. I'll go Kevin Malone. Uh, like just, just, just for the one-offs that you get from him. Like he starts off the first season or second season. He's like this insane poker, poker player. He's kind of smart and they've sort of devolved into a guy who eventually they convinced to be. They convinced everyone, or they convinced Holly that he was like part of like a, I don't know, a special ed exchange program, essentially. Yeah, so, I remember um, that. <laughs> so. And he gets better as it goes on, too. Like, the more he becomes like the cookie monster, the better he is. When Michael Scott was gone, I feel like Kevin really saved the show because he stepped up his game. He's kind of like Cam from Modern Family, just really good at a lot of random stuff. And I, I like the, uh, you know, the surprise factor. That's funny to me. But since you picked Kevin, I'll go with uh, Aaron. I thought Aaron was a, was a great one, too. Aaron was awesome. I enjoyed Aaron. I, I enjoyed her presence on the show. Her and Andy Bernard were a good one. They, I mean, everybody on that show did a phenomenal job. Like, I hate to leave anybody out. Creed is the weird guy. I I, I don't. There, yeah, there's a couple that are just like, it's uh, don't really understand, <laughs> but some people like them, so whatever. Um, sure. Guys, we're going to get into the DFS, and we're going to be talking FanDuel, 
and DraftKings. We're going to go cash games and then GPP. But first, I want to remind you all, we've got a signed Dalvin Cook Vikings helmet that we're giving away. This bad boy is beautiful. Tags has one just like it. Who's it from? Adrian Peterson? Yeah, mine's Adrian Peterson. I, I ponied up for that one. That was a little more expensive because AP on a Vikings helmet was, uh, that, that was I think that might be my most expensive helmet I have. Cook is going to be awesome next year. After he goes and gets like 10, 12 carries the rest of this season, I think he's going to go in the early third round. I'm going to get him in every league. So we're giving away this helmet. Uh, it's going to be a lot more valuable this time next year for sure. And that's at fantasypros.com contest. And it comes to us from Pristine Auction. If you haven't seen Pristine Auction, check out what they have for you. There is something for absolutely everyone. There's a lot of stuff that is very affordable. If you're looking every day, you're going to find some great deal. Like yesterday, I saw a Nick Chubb signed Georgia Bulldogs jersey, 104 bucks. I signed Brian Dawkins Eagles jersey, just 83 You can check it out at pristineauction.com. Everything is guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And you don't have to pay any more than you bid. If you bid $83 for Brian Dawkins jersey, that's exactly what you pay. Do they have a LeGarrette Blunt jersey? Probably not. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they have so many things, but uh, I don't imagine they have a LeGarrette Blunt. You could probably find something on LeGarrette Blunt there. Seriously, you could find a lot of players there. Yeah, it's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And when you buy something from them, make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. That way we can keep doing these contests. All right, guys, so we'll start at the quarterback position here. Uh, Doug, we'll let you go first. Is there one cash game play that really stands out to you, or is it just a group of guys? I have a group of three guys. I'll pick one of them now. I'm sure we'll touch on the other guys. Uh, I'm going to go, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to go Jameis. And the reason I don't like saying it is because when you have a team that has been fine just benching quarterbacks halfway through the games um, mul- multiple times, it really ends up becoming sort of a thing. And They can't do it again, though, can they? Well, that's what I thought they I didn't. I thought that the last time. Because I've actually two times in cash. I've got the, the wrong end of that the, both weeks it happened in cash. And so I feel like the fact that it happened to me both times with Fitz, Fitz the one week and Jameis the other, well, I reversed those two, but in the order it happened, um, I feel like actually in that way my – I feel like my voice even rings out stronger that I'm willing to go back to it. Either either that or I'm totally insane. So um, I think Jameis playing from behind here, um, he just is, he's just an excellent fantasy quarterback. I think that I read a stat the other day, the Tampa Bay's combined quarterback play is would be behind only Mahomes in terms of overall fantasy points this season. They just happen to just kind of split time. So um, I'm, I'm going Jameis here. The fact that he can run, uh, he still has the weapons there. They're probably playing from behind. Uh, good conditions down in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to go there and I'm recognizing that the team is such a mess that he could not start the third quarter if he has two bad picks or something like that. Is it the same for you on both sides? Uh, no, actually, I think you can go. I'd rather probably play Mahomes on DraftKings. I, that was fan, Jameis on FanDuel, but the, Mahomes is so expensive on FanDuel that I don't think you need to pay up. The, the salary gap is a little thinner on DraftKings. And you have so much more money to spend because everyone's a lot cheaper on DraftKings. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on Mahomes on, on DraftKings. I've got Winston and FanDuel tags. Are you changing things up at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at FanDuel too. I'm, I'm more of a DraftKings guy. Um, but, I mean, knowing the pricing like on DraftKings, I think Mahomes is too expensive on DraftKings this week. Like, he's... He's at seventy six hundred. No other quarterback is above sixty six. So you're paying like you're you're not willing to pay seventy six hundred. No, I don't think I am. Like Oakland. So the thing is, is like Oakland has they're not good I'm not gonna like dance around that and say that they're good but they've only allowed one truly elite performance this year of more than 25 points to a quarterback it's because they can't yeah like Ryan Tannehill this is back in week three but the thing is is like 
all this time, no team ever has to throw against them. Like you had Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, uh, Baker Mayfield, Philip Rivers again. Like, so they've played a lot of quarterbacks who put up fantasy points, but none of these guys have put up truly elite performances. I think you would get a solid floor with Mahomes, but when you're paying 7,600, you I mean, you essentially need Patrick Mahomes to go off. Like that's why you're paying for him because you're going to have to like sacrifice other positions. So like, I can't do it this week. I mean, I think Cam Newton presents a higher ceiling and you could have him for a grand less, but my cash game quarterback is Jared Goff. Jared Goff is not a bad call at all. I'm sure uh, that's who Doug has in his top three with him. But let me say something on Mahomes first before we jump back over to Doug. Okay, Mahomes has played three games where he's thrown under 30 passes. So let's say he does that against Oakland. Remember, he's got an implied total of 36, which is astronomical. So even if he stops throwing in the second half, he's going to do a ton of damage in the first half in those three games with less than 30 attempts, which is what I'm expecting this week. He averages 29 fantasy points, guys. Like, I, I can't ignore that. With the price on, on DraftKings being as close as it is, um, I'm looking at our our model here. We've got Patrick Mahomes as the second best value. I think he's a great play. Doug is uh is Jared Goff your number three option, or is it Cam Newton? Um, no, it was going to be Newton. Uh, there, in terms of fantasy points per dollar, I, we have them basically the same. Um, so it's 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 close in terms of Goff and Newton. I would go for cash. I'd go Newton's floor though because he runs, and that's usually a tiebreaker for me. So if the price is pretty much the same, defense is a lot crappier too. They're playing the Tampa Bay, yeah. Right, you're getting the absolute worst ever, the worst ever pass defense, or one of them um, in Tampa Bay. People played Mullins last week against them just because it was Tampa Bay, not because he was anything that, and he's, and he's stunk, but um, Cam's a totally different thing here. So I think in terms of cash games, I really want to take the running floor. I, I was going to throw Lamar Jackson in there too, um, mostly because of the running. Um, we, we don't need to go down the Lamar Jackson route if you don't want to, but I do still think he is a cash game value, mostly because he's just a running back playing quarterback that will actually throw the ball a little bit too. So I think he's got a pretty high floor, especially if Baltimore they didn't do it in the first half last week, which was so weird. You know, they came out and sort of wanted to make him a pocket passer and then realized that what really wasn't going to work. And then, you know, right in the last drive of the first half, started going back to him in the RPO. And then all the whole second half, they did it. I think if they come out this week and do that again, he has a really high floor. So I, I golf is not really a cash game thing, but I'm, I'm almost always just looking for quarterbacks that run. Yeah, we uh, we named the only five I'm willing to consider on FanDuel in the order I've got them in. On FanDuel, this is Winston, Jackson, Newton, Mahomes, and Jared Goff. Tags, why don't you talk up Jared Goff, and then uh, I'll share mine on uh, DraftKings. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing is, is people are going to look at the Lions and think like, oh, should we play anybody against the Lions? I mean, they've allowed the 12th most fantasy points, but that's not like the Bucks. You know, you could attack them. It's not like you know, like talking about Jameis Winston. I like Winston. I don't think he's a bad play at all. Uh, but but in regards to Detroit. The, the reason that they haven't like allowed so many points is because teams just haven't had to throw against them. Um, you have they've allowed 8.65 yards per attempt. That's the second highest in the NFL. They've allowed a 69% completion rate, which is the fourth highest in the NFL, and they've allowed a 7.3% touchdown rate, which is the second highest in the NFL. The issue is that teams haven't thrown a bunch. Like they've only averaged 29.7 attempts per game against them, which is the second lowest in the NFL. So you can kind of see where all this kind of comes into play. We had Todd Gurley, who looked like he sort of injured himself in the game against the Chiefs. I know they had their bye week, but they're going to play inside of a dome. And we've seen these games before with Jared Goff and the Rams. Like they might, granted, he might throw the ball 29 times. That might actually happen. But their efficiency on offense is ridiculous. And knowing that they've allowed this much like production to to teams that honestly like the the Lions schedule hasn't been terrible um like 
in terms of like who they've played. They haven't played a whole bunch of elite quarterbacks. So I just feel like this matchup is just the efficiency is going to be way too good for Jared Goff here. They're coming off the bye. We've seen a couple rough games from him, though. I mean, uh, week six in Denver, he went 14 for 28 with zero touchdowns, seven fantasy points. Cam Newton never does that. Cam Newton has multiple touchdowns in 10 straight games. He's got at least 15 fantasy points every game. Do do you think that Goff could have a stinker? I don't think so. I I mean, the only concern is that he doesn't throw the ball 30 times. Like, that's the only concern I have, and I think that's a real concern with Patrick Mahomes too, but you're getting Goff for cheaper. I'm I'm worried about Mahomes and, like, without Sammy Watkins because I don't think Sammy Watkins plays, so therefore I just think that this is a Kareem Hunt day. So once we get to the running backs, Kareem Hunt is kind of like a must-play for me. Yeah, Goff is uh, $1,200 cheaper than Mahomes on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he is $1,100 cheaper. And I really think he might be an MVP candidate at this point. I think it's Mahomes, Breeze, and Goff. I don't know if anyone else has a chance. Maybe Gurley if he catches fire again. But, I mean, Goff has been fantastic. Our consensus projections has him at 24.7 projected points. Number four, guys, is all the way down at 21.1 points. So, I mean, that is significantly higher And he's a pretty reasonable value. I I don't think it's a bad play at all. Now, the other guy I wanted to mention, I wouldn't consider him on FanDuel, but I love his price on DraftKings. Guys, tell me what you think about Kirk Cousins at New England, $5,500. He's my number two bet behind Patrick Mahomes on that site. Um, Yeah, it stands to reason he's going to have to throw. So you like that about him. Um, They haven't really totally committed to like one thing in the running game. And they've just had 38 passes, 46 in the last two. He's thrown over, he's thrown about 40 times in the last, I don't know, four or five games. So I like that. I, he's just not a guy for me in cash. I just think our, our model has these guys, these other guys so far above. And actually, it's funny. I hadn't really paid too much attention to golf. We do have him as the third overall highest projected quarterback, at least on FanDuel, um, with the price difference making the kind of the difference about pivoting off to Winston. It strikes me as a GBP play only for me on Cousins, and I'd probably want to have a part of like either Brady or New England going back the other way because it probably just ends up meaning it's some kind of shootout. Not a cash game play for me, though. I actually agree with that. I, I actually liked Cousins earlier in the week, and um, but I moved off of that because Stephon Diggs hasn't practiced the last two days, and Stephon Diggs is um when he's when he's when he's when he plays hurt he doesn't play very well so that's really concerning that he's missed the last couple of days so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna end up staying away from that game altogether which is really weird uh, that game feels like it should be on Sunday night or something like the Vikings and the and the Patriots but uh as for Goff the, another reason I do like him is because like Detroit's defense like the run defense ever since Damon Harrison got there has been legit so I mean if Gurley we know Gurley's gonna get his right and so Gurley can get it through the air too so would it shock you to see Todd Gurley catch two touchdown passes in this game not me so. I Like I said, I think Goff is is my cash quarterback this week. All right, guys, let's go running back here. And Tags, you already alluded to your top play. You like Kareem Hunt more than Todd Gurley this week? I do. I, I mean, you're getting a discount. It's a $1,500 discount on him. I'm not against Gurley at all. Like, I don't think you should ever cross off Gurley and say, I'm not going to play him. That'll bite you in the butt. But Detroit has been better against the run as of late. Like, legit, that's the only area of their defense that's playing well. And that's why you're starting to see some of these quarterbacks put up some better numbers against them because their secondary is just terrible. So um, I just think the discount to Hunt is just so good. I mean, Oakland allows the most rushing yards per game. Uh, they're coming off the bye. He he was able to get somewhat of a break. I think he he eclipses 20 carries in this game. I think he's a, a lock for 100 yards, at least a touchdown, if not two of them. So, I mean, that at 7800 to save 1500 bucks, I'll go down to him. Doug, we love heavy favorites. I think you have to if you're a DFS uh, guy for when you're looking for running backs. But 
does it ever come to a point where you can be too heavy of a favorite? Like 15.5 point spread. Are we going to see a bunch of Spencer Ware in the second half? Yeah, it's, it's funny about that because I did a study on this and I actually did it based on just overall team running projections, not in terms of like the the one specific bell cow kind of guy. It didn't really... So it's you can get into these these territories. I think I think it mostly just makes sense to project all the carries onto the lead guy and just sort of just kind of winging a prayer that they're not going to get into a blot. So I'm always wanting to target these heavy favorites. I'm not so worried about the blot. One thing I'll say is Hunt is a great value on DraftKings. The fact that he's below the other top two guys, McCaffrey and uh, Gurley, by over a thousand or fifteen hundred makes a huge huge difference for him. So I think in terms of overall value, he's great. The only thing I get a little concerned with Hunt is if you look at him in terms of overall value volume and usage this year he's pretty far down the list I when I think of him I think of him as one of these very heavy just usage kind of guys just because he's on a great offense and he's had those games but he's sitting like 11th or 12th overall in terms of touches per game I'm calling touches uh carries plus targets and so that's like now again his his carries and targets are of a higher value than David Johnson's let's say right like if they're getting if David Johnson was getting more touches I would still favor Hunt's touches because they're just there's just so much better because of because of the team and he just is so far he's just significantly below these other guys in terms of what how they have been using him some of that's game script so that's my only real concern I I, I think on DraftKings you just say screw it and play him at 7800 because he's just cheaper than the other tier on FanDuel I'd have him I'd be a little bit more worried that we just haven't seen a ton of like 25 touch games out of him this season because they have these other weapons. So that's really my only concern. And yes, I think he's a great value. Tags, wouldn't it just be amazing if we could use Hunt, McCaffrey, and Gurley this week? All three of them are great plays. Oh, they are. They really are. I mean, that's the thing you have to worry about with McCaffrey. Do the touchdowns end at some point? Like they're they're playing so well and it's like... Not against Tampa. I mean, it's probably, but not against Tampa. People said the same thing about DJ Moore the last time they played Tampa too. And I remember, I think DJ Moore was like 4,200 that week, maybe even 3,800. Um, and he didn't do anything. Uh, so people were like, like put off and he hurt cash games a lot. So it's like, you just have to think about this Carolina offense. They do have a lot of avenues to score points. We could go back to Cam Newton scoring the rushing touchdowns, not Christian McCaffrey. So I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like McCaffrey because I know there's a lot of people out there that think that I absolutely hate the guy. He's the one you're leaving out though. You're playing Gurley and Hunt. Yeah, I'd play Gurley over him because I know Gurley's guaranteed a touchdown. Like that's going to happen. Whereas McCaffrey, I can't say that about. I think he comes with a high floor. Definitely Hunt because again, I, and I, I'm with you actually in, in regards to the, the workload. I, I realized that when I was doing the primer this week is that Kareem Hunt has just one game all year with more than nine. 19 carries so like that he hasn't had that massive touch game so i do think you're going to see spencer wear in here um but i do think the damage will already have been done you know it's close enough for me i agree i've got them in that order hunt and then Gurley and then mccaffrey for my preference but i've got them close enough with Gurley and mccaffrey that you know the difference in salary was enough to sway me because i i need that money to get the wide receivers and the tight end and the quarterback and the defense that i want Doug, which one are you going with out of the three, or are you going with two of them? Saying I played McCaffrey in all cash games last week, right? So I thought that the the having Funchess not around made a for me and at least our model made a big difference in what he was going to expect in targets. Um, so we liked him going into last week. Funchess is coming back this week. That dings him down a little bit for me in the target share. But I will say, if I'm playing Newton in cash, I probably just want to make sure I'm playing McCaffrey as well. And I don't know. There's not really a great 
math reasoning behind that. That's more of just a feel sort of my own mental stability in terms of like who's going to end up getting the touchdowns if they're going to put up a lot of points. I mean, they're going to score touchdowns. Implied total 29 for Carolina. I think I just want to feel better about it. And so if I'm playing Newton, I'm definitely playing McCaffrey. I We have McCaffrey as a slight favorite at a points per dollar, at least on FanDuel. There's a couple other ways to spend down. So I think you can, there's a case to be made for fading all three too. It's not going to feel amazing, but if I had to choose right now, I'd probably go McCaffrey um, and I wouldn't feel, it's not a hugely, it's not a huge conviction play. Uh, it's more just probably match up. The target share is great for him. And I did like that he got those red zone carries last year, or excuse me, last week um, as they sort of moved in that direction. And I probably want to make sure I stacked him with Cam if I was doing it. So if we're going cheaper, there's two really good plays. At least I think so. Philip Lindsay at Cincinnati. Aaron Jones at home against Arizona, 14-point favorites. It's supposed to snow. Do you love either of these plays more than the other tags? Philip Lindsay's an awesome play. Um, Lindsay's been like on fire lately. Uh, he's running like a madman, and I Denver's not going to take the ball out of his hands. Uh, they just lost another tight end, so you might see him use more in the passing game. So it's like he's scored 20 or more DK points in three of the last four weeks, and he's going up against a Bengals team that their opponents average over 70 plays per game. I mean, even if Keenum throws the ball 35 times, you're going to get 35 rushing attempts out of this team. Uh, and then on top of that, the Bengals, we've played 11 games, guys. So we're, like, we're now 11 games into the season. The Bengals have allowed seven 20-point running backs in PPR formats. Seven of them. So, I mean, Royce Freeman's always going to be there to, like, potentially steal a touchdown, but that's uh, that's more than baked into his price this week. Philip Lindsay, 15 PPR points. That's all you need out of him to hit three times? Like, that's nothing. So he's, His consensus projections have him at 21. Yeah, I like Philip Lindsay a lot. He's, uh, he's definitely in my cash game lineup. All right. I can't use him on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, I agree. In fact, I, w- I will go as far as saying... He would be my lock on DraftKings. I'll save my FanDuel one for later in the show when we give our lock of the week and our stack of the week. Um, now, Doug, what do you think about Philip Lindsay and Aaron Jones both? Yeah, I'm going Jones. Um, if I'm choosing the, the Royce Freeman thing, still kind of sticks too much around for me. Like they, the Green Bay's all but phased Jamal Williams out of the out of the picture here. The fact that Freeman, Lindsay did snap him, out snap him two to one last week. He's clearly the better running back, so I don't think that's that's not in question at all. But teams that that have like. Teams like Denver that just want to just never make a guy the guy always just scare me. And now, you know, even when Freeman was out, they just had Booker just around enough. That's the only reason I would go. I've been burned by that too many times. I'm with you. I got Jones. Teams just do, teams just, you know, we see it with Atlanta too. It's like, oh, Devontae Freeman's out. Well, now Edo Smith's the running back too. Like they're not, they don't want to give one guy all the carries. And Denver is just that kind of team. And it's the difference between, and Green Bay is just kind of not. And Aaron Jones, that's the difference for me. And plus, I mean, they're, we're talking about huge home favorites and Green Bay is minus 14, which actually probably seems a little too high for me. It seems like a little publicly on Green Bay side. But either way, I, like they're still probably real-life at least double-digit favorites. I think from that standpoint, the home favorite piece, the fact that I'm not worried about Jamal Williams cutting into it, he is very close to that top tier of usage kind of running backs for me, and he's just priced, I don't know, 15 to 20% less than these, some of these other guys. So I think for me, it's it's kind of clearly Jones. I don't mind Lindsey, but just the, the Royce Freeman thing. I just I hate that he's just still around and that's like sort of seems like their plan. Aaron Jones is, is a phenomenal play too. You guys are right on that one. I I'm not I won't fight that one at all. I think it's a great. He's a great play too. I mean, you could make this kind of, uh you could make the case for both of them. Uh, but here's my question to you, Doug. Would you rather like it, let's say if you're trying to save some money and like you had to choose one of those guys, like would it make sense to go down to Lamar Miller at 4600 on DK? It's funny about it's funny about Lamar Miller. I, recency bias can really be an annoying thing in terms of players. So he's coming off a great game. We've seen lots of games where he's just not very good, and he's just so cheap. And I think that that 
the fact that they want to give him the ball, I mean, again, again, I know he's coming off his best game of the season, but if the price didn't move 4,600, he is in our top overall DraftKings lineup right now. So I'm not going to say he's, according to our, our system right now, Thursday, this is a, this is a, a guy to play in cash. And I'm just thinking that I it's Lamar Miller and I kind of don't want to do it. Cleveland's defense is still kind of good. So I, I wouldn't pivot off Jones to go down to Lamar Miller to save money. I would need to have a really, really good way to offset what I'm paying up for somewhere else. And I'm just not sure I see it. And I still like Lamar Miller too. Like I, I'm not making an excuse against him. Like I said, he's in our overall lineup right now. Yeah, so those are kind of like my rambling thoughts on Miller. He's a good play. He's very cheap. And he is basically the guy they want to give the ball to. Yeah, and so like Lamar Miller, that's like the thing is, is like I'm I'm usually right there with you, like where he's been a boring fantasy play. But I mean, over the uh, the last five games for him, he's he's totaled 502 yards on 84 carries, three touchdowns. The only game he busted in that span was against Denver. And by the way, Denver's been phenomenal against the run as of late. Denver has played against uh, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller, Kareem Hunt, and David Johnson in the last five weeks. None of those running backs top 69 yards. Only Melvin Gordon finished as a top 15 running back. So it's just like they've been really good against the run, so I don't want to hold that game against him. Uh, Obviously, this team is playing very well. They're playing good defense. I just think Lamar Miller, like that's another team, like the the Browns – I won't say I like him more than Aaron Jones because I, I Aaron Jones just costs uh, I think it's like twenty one hundred more and that's what it comes down to like I, I'd love to have Aaron Jones in my lineup but he's sixty seven hundred Philip Lindsay's fifty four and then you go down to forty six for Lamar Miller I think this I think we can all agree though that like this these running backs are like the mid price low price ones like that you should be deciding in between like you're gonna grab one of Hunt Gurley McCaffrey one of those guys up top and then you're gonna probably stick in two of these other guys one thing about one thing about Lamar Miller too I mean again quality of touches matters here uh Kareem Hunt 19.6 touches per game Miller the next guy behind him at 18.9 like so he's a guy that gets a he he gets a lot of looks three three targets a game about that's right around where Hunt is too and QT might not play so if QT doesn't play for that price man that is so good again like I ran 50 lineups right now on our site Lamar Miller is in 80% of them it's hard to get away it's mostly just hard to get away from the 80 the 4600 price that's 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 where I would probably end up landing on him and I'm FanDuel he's 6300 we're talking about Aaron Jones is $1300 more expensive uh, Philip Lindsay's $700 more expensive. There's three other plays, I think, uh, that some people are going to be using. Now, I want your insight on these guys in case we should probably just, uh, you know, avoid them. Matt Breida against Seattle. Carlos Hyde with Leonard Fournette out against Indianapolis. And then the last one is Gus Edwards at Atlanta. Doug, will let you go first on these three. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Edwards. He's he's the guy that I have out of those three. I have Brita landed on the injury report this morning, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I, he probably. Oh no! I was about to say he's healthy. If he's there, then I think that takes him out of the contention. The, Jacksonville's such a mess. Like, you really want to play Carlos Hyde? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> and Yeldon's going to get some run anyway. Like, I don't think it's this team. I know they. I know they're moving in a different direction with a quarterback. It's not like. It's not a better direction. It's just a equally crappy direction. So, I, but my only issue with I like Edwards. Edwards is a guy right now in our top overall Fanduel lineup, mostly on just the volume carries. He's never going to catch a pass, which does ding him. He's really hard to play on DraftKings because of that. Because I don't think he has a target over the last two weeks. Alex Collins, it might be practicing. That would probably affect my projection on Edwards a little bit, though it does seem like he's the plan. I would I have to ding him down just a little bit. Although it seems like he's the guy they want to run with Lamar Jackson in that in in that scheme. So that 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 does help him. He's probably run a little bad on touchdowns. And if you figure that he's going to be 
just the guy going forward. So of the three, I greatly, greatly want to play Edwards over over the other guys. I don't think it's actually all that close for me. Tags, you sounded bummed about Brito. Were you planning on uh, playing him or at least considering it? He would have been a, a tournament play for me for sure. I wouldn't play him in cash because of all the, uh, the guys we talked about already. But uh, I just looked and Brito, he's on the injury report with an ankle injury. He was limited at Wednesday's practice. So that's definitely something that would totally move you off him in cash because he's someone who's dealt with ankle injuries throughout the season. And it, it really sucks because he's been playing fantastic football. Seattle's been really terrible against the run as of late. I mean, we saw McCaffrey, what he did to him last week. So, no, I don't think you need to go to any of these guys. Gus Edwards, I, game script is a real concern for me with him. There's just too many good plays at the top. You don't need to consider those ones. There really is. He's going to be overowned for what he is. Um, like, he, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to let you down like 100% because he doesn't play in the passing game. And if the game goes uh, into a negative game script, where it's like Atlanta jumps out to a 10-point lead, I I don't think we see him getting 18-plus carries in the game. So um, those are issues in a cash game lineup. If you, I mean, if you want to play in tournaments, I guess, but I don't think the upside's there for him in tournaments either because, again, he's not involved in the passing game. I think Matt Britt is the kind of guy where it's like, if you played him, I wouldn't judge you, but I've got him like number eight, number nine in cash games, so there's just too many better plays. I'm going to have a hard time deciding between the, the top five or six because there's some good ones in there. Uh, we'll go to wide receiver here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about a contest going on at FanDuel this weekend. So I've been telling you about this World Fantasy Football Championship qualifier. So here's how it works. 75 people advance to New York City for the live final. And if you get number one, 500,000. Number two, 200,000. Number three, 100,000. Plus, it's an experience that you'll just never forget the rest of your life. I really want to go. Haven't won a ticket this year. Now is your last chance. You can compete against me. It's $9 to enter this week, and there's only 5,000 people in it. So it's not like one of these contests with, you know, 100,000 people you have to beat. There's just 5,000, $9. Get a chance to win yourself $500,000. All right, guys, so let's go on over to wide receiver. And, uh, you know, the top plays, there's just really nothing that interests me this week for cash games. And I want to spend up at running back. So I'm spending down at wide receiver. Now, am I wrong, Tags? Is there someone at the top that you would definitely play? Uh, It was looking like Adam Thielen, but with Diggs getting dinged up, this worries me even more because it's like, you know, you couldn't just say we're going to focus on Thielen and let Diggs run wild on our secondary. So uh, with Diggs dinged up, it's it's worrying me a little bit on Thielen. So um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a phenomenal play. Like, I love Hopkins, but I don't have the money for him this week, unfortunately. So my top play at wide receiver is Robert Woods. Okay. I mean, he's a safe play and everything like that. But let me ask you about Hopkins first. Because the past two games, he only has six targets. In fact, since week six, he only has more than eight targets once. Does that not concern you? No, it doesn't. Um, like, he's still the guy here uh, against the Browns wide receivers. Like, so we talk about the t- the fact that, you know, Deshaun Watson hasn't thrown the ball more than 25 times since uh, week five. And um, going into this matchup against the Browns, they're not going to total 50 rushing attempts. And that's essentially what it would take for him not to throw the ball, you know, 30 plus times just because I talked about the play count. Like you always look at that teams against the Browns rack up plays. Well, a lot of that's the overtimes too, right? Well, the overtimes contributed to it for sure, but it's still every week. It's a high volume game. Them and the Bengals are two matchups that you should attack. So wide receivers alone, not just like targets, but wide receivers alone average 24.1 targets per game against the Browns. That's the second highest mark in the league. And knowing that QT is, I don't think QT plays this week. I'm just saying that Um, Denzel Ward has been good in like as a rookie, but Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Tyrell Williams, Antonio Brown twice, Julio Jones and Mike Evans all scored more than 17.7 PPR points against them. So Demarius Thomas is fine (laughs) as a player. And like, I don't think that he's going to score two touchdowns again this year, but DeAndre Hopkins is the guy like coming into this last week. 
he every game this year, I, I want to say he put up at least 86 yards or and or a touchdown. So, I mean, even though that streak came to an end, I'm not going to hold that against him. So I'm, I like him. I'm not going to spend up on him just because I don't have those funds. Cause I think Robert Woods might have a, I don't want to say a similar upside. I don't think he has as much upside as Hopkins does, but I think Woods is safe for, you know, 80 to 120 yards in a touchdown. Doug, I'm stacking Mike Evans with Jameis Winston as the only wide receiver I'm spending up on. Do you like Evans? Do you like Hopkins, Thielen, Woods, any of these guys near the top? Yeah, I love I love Woods. I actually love Cooks, too. It's, it's a shame. The, the wide receivers I like the most are the teams that are likely to figure in blowouts where they just might not do anything in the second half, and it's KC and the Rams. And like, So I love the Woods thing. I like Cooks as well. It's kind of actually hard for me to distinguish between the two of them. They've, they've basically swapped target share over a couple weeks, even with cup out. So I think there's volume for them there. I actually would be willing to pay up for Tyreek Hill if Sammy Watkins was out again. So um, the Watkins thing actually does make a difference for me on Tyreek. He's got 24 targets over the last two weeks with Watkins out. I get one of them was that 14 target, just crazy video game that happened two Monday nights ago. So you really can't project that many targets, but he got 10 the week before and he's been great. He's got four touchdowns over the last two weeks. He's a guy where if you can give him double digit targets, Sort of like in that same Kareem Huntland of targets are just born differently for him. If he's getting the ball, if he's getting 10 looks a game, then those 10 looks are better than almost any other wide receiver in football for what he can do after the catch, right? So I think... Have you seen his game log? Holy cow! So the Watkins thing matters for me. This is why it matters, right? Because like his target share is double digits every time Watkins has either not played or gone out of the game early, which I think was the one that happened earlier in the season. He's seen double digit targets in in all... I think it's it's either three or four games. He would be a guy that I'd be willing to pay up for. And I'm, it's only on that on that Watkins news. So I think he, he's actually my overall top wide receiver play on the week this week it's kind of not even that close to be honest with you Devonta Adams is sort of close there I guess but uh yeah no, I, lo- I love Hill this week you know I saw Tyreek Hill number one ECR and I kind of did a double take like is this real life like what what is going on here why is this happening and then I'm looking right now at the leaders for the season okay so you got your top five they're all really close to each other Michael Thomas Antonio Brown Devonte Adams Adam Thielen they're all within 10 points of each other and then you go up 21 points, and you've got Tyree Kill at number one. He's been that good. On 30 less targets. Like, I, I, there's, it's, he's, his fantasy output per target is just unbelievable. And the only thing you're ever worried about him is the price gets too high, and he gets seven targets because they have just so many other weapons to throw to. So if they're down a weapon, even in a, in a tight spread game, that's where I would defer to him over the Cooks-Woods thing because I think he just isn't going to he's not going to get cannibalized as much as the, maybe those guys will in you know if they just pick out a matchup they like you guys want to hear a crazy stat that i found earlier today the the, the raiders so i'm, I'm not going to i'm not talking anybody off tyreek hill it, it makes all the sense in the world but here's a, a crazy stat the raiders have not allowed a wide receiver more than 21 ppr points all season long and as a matter of fact just one over 17 ppr points and that was jakeem grant who caught two touchdowns uh, and that's what it took for him to get there so, I mean, like, Jakeem Grant was the only wide receiver who's finished as a top 16 wide receiver against the Raiders, which is just stupid, right? Yeah, but, but well, I'm, I'm going to take issue with that because if you look at the teams they've played, how many how many real wide receiver ones have they played? I'll, I'm going to roll through the list very quickly here. Ready? Broncos, they don't have one. Dolphins, definitely not. Browns, no. Chargers with Keenan Allen twice, so yes. So then Doug Baldwin, the Seahawks. The Colts, they spread the ball around, and I actually think Hilton was out this game anyway. Uh, 49ers banged up, and then Cardinals and Ravens. So... I, I, I get what you're saying, that that stat looks good, but if you look down, if you look down the list of the guys they've actually played, like they have not played any good, really good wide receivers. So I, that's the only reason I've, I hate to like just like, 
crap on it. I, it's, it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's warranted. I think it makes. That's why we have these conversations, man. All the information. I, but, uh, and I've been wrong about this, though, because I did the same thing with the Browns run defense last year. Where I was like, oh, they never played a running back. But then the, you can just be good also. You know what I mean? So it's it's sometimes hard to figure out the signal and the noise on these things. But, yeah, no, looking down this list, they really just haven't played any wide receivers to me. You know, it feels like every single week there's two or three plays that really stand out. Our projected ownership shows that that's just not the case this week. We've got 12 guys projected between 15 and 31%. How do you pick out of all these guys? I mean, there's... Plenty of them who are decent plays. Emmanuel Sanders at Cincinnati. Odell Beckham against Chicago. Stephon Diggs against the Patriots if he plays. Mike Evans. DJ Moore against Tampa Bay. Adam Thielen. Devontae Adams. Tyree Kill. DeAndre Hopkins. Just goes on and on and on. I mean, do you just pick three and hope that they get in the end zone? You didn't even mention Kenny Galladay. I mean, what do you guys think on Galladay? Because without Marvin Jones, they're likely going to be playing from behind. Um, we are, our, our metrics have him in a decent lining up, at least kind of well, against what the Rams are going to throw at them. Uh, he's, it doesn't look like he's going to get like Marcus Peters a ton uh, based on how he lines up. So does he would he fit in that list for you? Because I'm actually pretty high on him without Jones there. He, he They have shown the willingness to kind of target him a lot. Does he fit into that group for you? He's number 13 on a projected ownership. If Akib Talib plays, no. Oh, I had him out. Okay, so sorry about that. I, I'm, I'm having him out right now, but that would probably change our projection as well. Cause I'm, I'm... Oh, yeah, if he's out. No, if he's out 100%. I love Galladay, especially at his price, 6,700. Like, he's going to get double-digit targets against Marcus Peters, and he sucks. So, like, seriously, yeah. But if Akib Talib plays, that's really – when he went down is really when the Rams' defense took, a like, a turn for the worse. And, like, they've been one to target every single week because Marcus Peters is just not a shadow cornerback. Um, so if Tlaib plays, it, it puts Peters back in his place and kind of like he, he's more of that one-sided cornerback. So that would concern me. But if, if Tlaib is out, I think Galladay is a fantastic play. Yeah, I've got Galladay on my radar. Uh, I'm not playing him because I just don't have the funds to do it. Is he your favorite mid-range play, Doug? Or do you like someone like Julian Edelman, uh, maybe Tyler Lockett, Adam Humphreys, T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, that's the hard part about this week, and I think you're right. This middle tier of wide receiver is just not very good. Um, the Edelman kind of gets dinged in a little bit as when Gronk comes back. I mean, I guess Woods belongs in that tier. He's 7,300 on Fanduel. That's the same price as Galladay. Yeah, the problem is you get stuck in this. You get stuck in a price crunch when you start. If you start rostering even these 7,000 mid 7,000 dollar guys, you are taking a hit at running back. So it's really going to be a matter of how much you value guys like those that top three that we mentioned: Gurley, uh, McCaffrey, and Hunt, and I probably will end up. I, I, I we have Woods and we have Woods and Galladay projected at right around the exact same sixteen point five to sixteen point four seven. So I don't know, decimal decimal points off. Um, I they're the same price. Those are the guys that kind of ring in there for me. Our, our system likes Deshaun Jackson at fifty five hundred on Fanduel and just kind of hoping for a home run. I not in cash games, obviously, right? I don't know though. Fifty five hundred though. That's where you actually start thinking about it in cash games because you say fifty five hundred is basically bottom of the barrel wide receiver pricing, and so he's still getting the target. Targets too. Like I know the yards haven't been there, but he's getting plenty of work. That's and I I was surprised when I saw him kind of like creep into when I was uh, calculating some lineups here because I was like, well, Deshaun Jackson. But then you look at eight targets last week, not just last week either. Eight, seven, eight in the past three weeks. Yeah, no, he's a guy at fifty. It's mostly just fifty five hundred. If he was sixty five hundred, we wouldn't even be talking about it. But if he's going to get close to a punt play wide receiver, there's a ton of upside on his price to the point where the upside might outweigh the risk in terms of cash it's not gonna be something i love clicking on come sunday and i could see myself doing it too tags mid-range wide receivers who do you like well i mean if, if dante jackson's out um for carolina he hurt his quad last week that would actually be an upgrade for 
Deshaun Jackson because he'd be the one covering him. So uh, yeah, ja- Jackson has the speed to, to hang with Deshaun Jackson. That's why I didn't like the. That's why I didn't like Deshaun in the first matchup they played. But if Dante Jackson's out, it would upgrade his matchup for sure. I think Josh Gordon's could play, man. Um, Good call. I forgot about him. Yeah. The, I mean, the Vikings. It seems like they're going to be without Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. If you saw like how he hurt his hamstring, like and like how he looked after that, that was not. And I'm so tired of the Vikings trying to tell us about a mild hamstring pull. They said the same thing about Dalvin Cook. He was out five weeks. So, like, I'm not buying it. I don't think Xavier Rhodes plays for a couple weeks, and um, that would put Josh Gordon against Trey Waynes in coverage. I mean, Trey Waynes is not— He's talented, but he's not Xavier Rhodes. No, he's not anybody to worry about with Josh Gordon. Like, Josh Gordon could win one-on-one battles with him all day long. So I like that call, man. Uh, him and Robert Woods are my favorite, too, in that middle tier. Cool. I like DJ Moore. Uh, we already mentioned Robert Woods. Those are two of my favorites. Now, if you're going really cheap, Doug, do you have anyone that you like? Uh, I mean, uh, he's not really cheap. Uh, Corey Davis, is, he's seen some target share over the last couple of weeks. Uh, not a great matchup with the Jets here. Um, Mariota was like ultra efficient last week, which is crazy they lost. I, I don't think he, did he throw an incompletion? I'm not sure. Like, it was crazy they lost. Yeah, he threw one. Yeah, I think there was one. Yeah, it was crazy they lost with that kind of uh, <laughs> that kind of efficiency. Um, but And Davis is still the WR1 there. So he's a guy that I could maybe take a flyer on. I don't I don't love the matchup. They're not projected for a lot of points. There just isn't a lot to love in the cheap realm. I'm The other team I'm probably keeping an eye on here is what's going to happen with Goodwin and Garcon. If either of them came back, I really wouldn't want to do it. But if they weren't, if both were not to play, I could probably talk myself into Dante Pettis. And, and, and this is just where I'm looking to punt away the position. Uh, that's going to be totally injury new. I don't think either have practiced this week and they really haven't seemed on track to play or even close the last couple weeks. I, so I doubt they play. I could, I could talk myself into a dart throw at Dante Pettis. Um, again, he falls into like, and I just noticed this thing on Deshaun Jackson. I forgot that he was coming back with a thumb injury, but um, these are like just kind of dart throws. I wouldn't feel good about any of it, but in a week where I got, I do want to grab as much upper tier guys as possible. If the middle tier is not going to look good, I'm, I can talk myself into sort of throwing it away and just kind of hoping it works out. And DJ Moore would be there too if Funchess didn't play too. So I, that, it's just a group of guys that all exist in the same sort of unexciting, but I get that it's a means to an end because I'm trying to get an expensive guy in there at the top. There's a couple guys that I like here in this cheap range. Jarvis Landry's 5,500 on FanDuel. Cortland Sutton against Cincinnati. I think everyone's forgot how talented he is, and Cincinnati's horrible. Chris Godwin's really cheap against Carolina. He's been involved. Sterling Shepard against Chicago I like. What about Chris Conley? Against Oakland, the minimum price forty five hundred dollars. Tags, do you like any of these guys? Well, I mean, on Fanduel, if he's forty five hundred, you you kind of have to play him. Um, like, I think that's if Sammy Watkins is out, obviously. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think Sammy Watkins plays, honestly. I, I mean, even if he's active, I just wanted to clarify in case anyone was thinking, you know, hey, Sammy's active. Should I still play Chris Conley? No. Well, I don't even know if Sammy plays if he's active. We saw that act already. <laughs> um, that was that was frustrating, man. I hate it when they do that stuff. But uh, no, Conley definitely has the upside to play. Like you mentioned. Uh, Godwin I think Godwin's a solid play and it kind of goes to what Doug was talking about and I love what Doug said and and cash is fine the reason I say that is because on both sites you're getting down towards the minimum right on DraftKings he's 3900 and if you're looking to pay up for top tier guys you're going to take risk down there there's nobody down there that's safe like let's not pretend you could find someone down at you know 35 4000 that you know is going to get eight targets in a game so why not take the guy who's got some of the most upside against a Carolina defense that's really been heading south against the pass like they cannot stop the pass to save their life might be down Dante Jackson Deshaun Jackson's been dealing with his hand or wrist injury or whatever it is missing some practice time so Godwin has seen increased snaps so yeah I mean you kind of have to take a shot on some of these guys I do like him if you're looking for a higher floor option I think Bruce Ellington at 3500 
on DraftKings is not a bad play against the Rams for whatever reason. And I really have, I've, I've tried searching for the explanation, but the Rams like bench nickel Roby Coleman. He's like by far their best cornerback. And so they were putting Troy Hill in the slot and Troy Hill has been burned all year long. I don't get it. I really don't understand because Roby Coleman, I, as far as I know, is healthy. I don't know because if, if they put him back there, it would be a downgrade, but still at 3,500, you're getting a guy that's going to see six plus targets. So I like Ellington down there and that like one, one like really, it sucks because he didn't have a single freaking catch last week, but Tajay Sharp against the Jets, I always attack. It's a good matchup. Buster screen, man. Like you attack that guy nonstop. It's the best matchup. For a hundred percent. It's so easy. Like legitimately you just, if, if they see targets against the Jets in the slot, they're going to score. It's a shame it's waste on Tajay Sharp this week because I don't want to play him, but I always look for that too. Yeah. Doug, what do you think about Robbie Anderson at 3,500 on DK? Yeah. He's, he kind of fits like that Deshaun Jackson. Like you're hoping that he grabs a ball in traffic or just kind of like beats a guy on a, on a, a deep route because that's really all you're ever getting from them they sure. did throw they th- like he's just he's the the quintessential home run guy when it happens for him it seems to happen and you win a tournament with him and or then or the other way it goes is like you wonder if he's even playing like you have to turn the game on and see if you can see his like little body with the light hair kind of running around the field like, because it, it is he is one of the guys that can completely uh, disappear on you but and Jackson fits the same he's, he's just like that kind of guy it's like are they going to catch a deep ball for a touchdown if not you're going to get like you're kind of hoping for like a two for 70 and a touchdown as your upside because you're never going to get any possessions I actually want to go back to one guy you mentioned before which is Jar- what are your thoughts on Jarvis Landry he's a guy that saw double digit targets in seven of the first eight weeks and then they moved to Baker and I mean they moved to Baker since then but seven five and five over the last three uh, like what do you think the truth is because He's clear. He seems like he would be the guy. He seems like he could have amazing upside, especially in PPR, even on FanDuel at the half point PPR. And the and the production has just completely fallen off a cliff. Does he strike you as bounce back kind of guy? He's a guy that if I, if we gave him nine targets right now, he'd be in every single one of our lineups. It's just so hard to go there with a target share. It's the whole new offense. They've been spreading the ball around quite a bit. So I don't want to bank on that because ever since Freddie Kitchens came in, that's when you've seen Landry's target total dip. I do think there's a a middle ground here. I don't think Jarvis Landry is as bad as some people are saying he is. Uh, I I do think he's a talented wide receiver. I do not think that he should be the focal point of an offense. So I think he's a he's a complimentary receiver that is just happens to be really talented. So I'm curious to see what the Browns do this offseason. But I think they're somewhere in line in the middle because, again, he's talented. Baker's playing exceptional right now. So it's like they're they're going to meet in the middle and you're probably going to have a blow up game at some point. I just don't think it's safe enough in cash right now all right guys let's go tight ends here and there's a couple good plays eric ebron obviously with jack doyle being gone because andrew luck just loves his tight end so much jacksonville's kind of vulnerable against uh against tight ends heck they've been vulnerable against everyone this year really uh cameron braid against carolina oj howard out carolina's awful against tight ends and then travis kelsey against oakland easy team to pick on kelsey's been a boss those are my three favorite plays you could also go down Kittle, a Gronk is really cheap. Greg Olson. There's some good plays, but which one stands out to you, Doug? Ebron's going to be chalk if he plays. He hasn't practiced this week. Um, is my only concern. He didn't practice again today. That just came through. So, so do you go Ali Cox all the way at the bottom? <laughs> well, they love this. They've they throw, they thrown him in the end zone. I they've I, much to my chagrin on the week where I played Doyle and it was like a, it was a tight end fest. It was just all the tight ends that weren't named Jack Doyle in that game. Um, you know the tight end position for the Colts has been about as good as I think they might have the most points out of tight end this season a lot of that is born on Ebron's crazy 11 touchdowns but that's what they do I mean you can't yeah it's running hot but it's also not running hot because it's if you you can run hot on touchdowns but you increase your chances of you know winning the lotto by just buying more lotto tickets right so it's like it, it strikes me as he probably can't keep the touchdown shares up and does it really matter at these prices like I think you just still play him he's the third overall fantasy tight end in the season and that was with 
multiple weeks of being out snapped by Jack Doyle. So I think that I think if he plays Ebron's the chalk, um, I don't think that's probably there's not going to be too much debate about it. If he doesn't play, I think yeah, Alec Cox would probably be the guy you just pumped away with. So I think you're fine on those guys. Of the other guys you mentioned, I probably I think I like Kittle the most only because the targets are there and he probably he's the worst quarterback play of the group that you mentioned. But on DraftKings, I'm with you. I think Ebron's the play. I got Cameron Braid on FanDuel though. He's he's seven hundred dollars cheaper than Ebron. I don't have them really all that close together. I, I, I'm fine with Brait. Brait was a guy I played in cash last week. He was chalk play. It makes sense. Caught a touchdown. Um, I think that Ebron's just the way they use him in the offense is, I think there's a lot more safety there. And there's been weeks of being burned by tight. The tight end position is, I, I wonder how many more years we have left of the tight end position in fantasy in general. It's probably a discussion for a different day, but I think we might be nearing the end of, do we want, how many more years are we going to roster this position that has seven viable guys on a given week over under two and a half kickers are gone this off season. And I think tight ends two and a half smart teams just don't use them. So why bother? I, like the, most of the smart teams are just have phased this completely out of their game anyway. Um, or unless they have just a transcendent sort of talent, like a Kelsey there anyway, I think, I think for the most part, anyway, different discussion. I'm, I'm, I'm all in an Ebron. I think he's chalked this week. Tags. Who do you like? Ebron, Bright. Uh, so I'm not on Ebron this week. Jacksonville, I don't know, man. Like that defense, yes, they're they're, they're in bad spot, and I don't like the fact that he's been on the injury report. Like, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, I would love, like, absolutely love to pay up for Kelsey. Uh, I've talked in this show countless times about how bad the Raiders are against tight ends, and that continues to be the case. You know, we've talked about and Watkins maybe being out. Yeah, we talked about like earlier in the show how the competition they've played against hasn't been like great or anything like that but Travis Kelsey is just dominant uh he's someone that's worth paying up for if you could find the room but if I'm going down I think Greg Olson at 4100 is not a bad play uh Tampa has just continually like every single tight end that plays them just puts up fantasy points uh, including the last time that these those two teams played Greg Olson six catches for 76 yards and a touchdown uh he's at 4100 on DK good price but then Cameron Brait 3700 uh, I don't think you could pass that up. Uh, Carolina has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends on the season. And then even Kyle Rudolph at 3,600 against the Patriots. Like there's a lot of good plays at tight end this week. So I don't, I don't necessarily think any of them are chalk outside of like, if you can get up to Kelsey, because Kelsey's just like a phenomenal play. It's just, can you find 7k to spend on your tight end? Let me ask you this about Bray, because I want to play him, but here's my hesitation. His high for the season is 34 receiving yards. Well, he was also playing alongside O.J. Howard for the majority of that. So, I mean, San Francisco last week wasn't like a phenomenal match, but you know with Jameis Winston, he's going to get targeted. So we take the touchdown last week, right? But it wasn't a great matchup. This is actually a great matchup. So, yeah, I like him this week. It makes me so nervous, man. So O.J. Howard, last time they played, O.J. Howard had 53 yards, two touchdowns against Carolina. And that, that is just what one thing about him, though, that you know it's been just proven time again that that is what the Bucks want to do in the red zone. They want to throw it to the tight end. And so... Jameis loves Bright, too. And for the most part of the tight end position, and it's just why it's such a silly position to roster at this point, you're really just kind of preying on the touchdown upside for almost every tight end. And, and if that's the case, and if you're just hoping on the, t- on, on the touchdowns, then Tampa Bay tight ends do make a lot of sense. And so I think you just kind of need to resign yourself to a four for 34 on a good tight end day for most of these guys. Actually, one other injury note, because I just saw this, is that all the, all the Colts tight ends sat out this uh, sat out practice today. Uh, Ali Cox, Swoop, and and Ebron all sat out. So I don't know if it was like a, a group tight end. They all went out last night and just got hammered <laughs> and just all didn't want to practice today. Or it's like they they actually might have more significant tight end issues uh, going forward. So anyway, just thought it was worth noting. All right, guys, let's go DST. Then we'll cruise through GPP on our way back. Um, Kansas City Chiefs are a favorite against Oakland. Pretty much whoever plays Oakland, you can guarantee they're going to be highest on their projected ownership. 
Now, Texas, is there somebody that you like more than them? Not really more. I think the Texans are a good play, uh, 2,700. I know Baker's been protected recently, but the opponents that they've played haven't been able to generate a pass rush. The Texans haven't had that issue. They're playing at home. They're a six-point favorite. Like, There's a lot of the reasons to like Houston here. And um, I know you mentioned the Packers earlier in the week. They, they bring a nasty pass rush. And uh, Josh Rosen, obviously, he doesn't have much pocket awareness right now. And when he, I mean, and if he evades a sack, he's probably going to throw the ball up and he's made some bad decisions. So I think the those are my three defensive, like the ones that I would consider this week. I don't think that's bad whatsoever. What about the Rams? Rams against Detroit. We've got them as uh, our model has them as the highest value. Yeah, I don't know. Doug, what do you think about the Rams? I don't I don't think they're a bad play, but I don't know. That secondary has been terrible without Tlaib. It's funny with defenses. I still, I, this is the position I spend the least time thinking about just because it's the variance on these, these on a week to week basis is just so high that even in great matchups. Yeah, th- that's what I mean. So, but that being said, and there's like, these teams that haven't shown flashes of great defense, but their teams are playing are so bad. Like the Rams are 4,100 on FanDuel. That's paying nothing. The Chiefs are 43. I don't mind the Packers even at 44 because the Cardinals offense is so bad. All these, the, the, the problem is all of these teams are basically the same price and they're all in like Packers. Basically our system has Packers, Titans, Texans, Chiefs, Rams as all tied and they're all the same price. So I think for me, and this is sort of is going to sound like a cop-out answer is I'm going to make every part of the rest of my team. And then if I need an extra 200, I'm not going to feel bad going from like the Titans to the Rams. Let's the right way to do it though right I mean I think Tennessee is a great play Cleveland's also high in our model at least on FanDuel because they're $3,200 and people like to spend down I'll tell you who I'm playing it's number two on our value system it's uh, Arizona Cardinals I know they're going up against Green Bay again it's in the snow Arizona's been consistent they slow the game down $2,800 can afford me to do anything I want with my lineup guys I've got Kareem Hunt Christian McCaffrey Travis Kelsey Todd Gurley because I have the Arizona Cardinals in there. Yeah, Our, my other my business partner James, who write who wrote, was writing some of the cash game picks, he he was kind of texting me off the air and saying, just he's saying our system just wants to. He's like Cardinals is a huge fourteen point underdog. He's like that's who the system's calling out because here's the thing, like because the the, the spread unexpected point scoring because of the the nature of how the points are scored for fan, for for just fantasy outside of the touchdown, which is you really need to basically luck box your way into it, is almost never great enough. To, unless you have like the Bears versus a backup quarterback, you know, uh, some on a short week or something like that. Outside of that, it's almost never worth it to pay up because you just need so many things to work in your favor. To pay, you know, twenty to forty percent more for a great defense is it's just not it's it shouldn't come at the expense of other parts of your lineup. So this is again, I hate it. it sounds like I'm copying out or it sounds like I'm dodging the question, but I just don't like even like even like Denver against Cincinnati with Driscoll coming in. Even these guys like for 2,700 on DraftKings, I don't know. That's fine. All these teams to me just strike me as the same. You can make cases really for all of them, and at that point, I'm going to make the rest of my lineup and then fit the money around uh, on defense as kind of has it goes. By the way, Arizona 27 sacks in their last seven games. That is hauling, guys. Green Bay is overrated, too. I, like, so this 14-point line is too high. I don't really talk a lot about betting here. That was my easiest pick of the week. Green Bay is just really shouldn't be a 14-point favorite almost over anybody. I, like, I just don't really kind of totally see it. So I think yeah, just kind of punting with the position, just hoping you get there on a sack or two on, on a less-than-mobile Aaron Rodgers, I think does make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah I'll take five points for sure. Uh, guys, let's go GPP, and we're just going to name them. No analysis. We'll just name uh, some plays that we like. Tag, you start us with DST. Uh, I named some of my favorite ones. I typically stick with the same ones, the same group. Uh, I don't change too much when it comes to tournaments, but if you're looking for one, I think the Vikings, uh, they're just too good of a defense to cost 2100 All right. Doug, who do you have? 
Yeah, Colts. They get the they get the backup quarterback in Jacksonville. That that offense couldn't be worse. No running back, no quarterback. I how how are they going to get the ball down the field? Like I just don't I just don't see it. I, I would go the Colts there and hope you get a maybe a pick six off a mistake. The Bengals are awful, but they're going up against Case Keenum. They've got four touchdowns on the year. I'm not saying that's repeatable. I'm just saying horrible defenses can score touchdowns. So I'm going with the Bengals against Denver. No one is going to play them. Uh, guys, let's go tight end. Tags your first. I think uh, so. A few a few names I'll throw out there in tournaments. I think Jared Cook's a decent play against KC. They've struggled against tight ends. Obviously, he's seeing the biggest target share because they don't have any wide receivers in the roster anymore. Austin Hooper uh, against Baltimore. Baltimore hasn't been targeted a whole lot against tight ends, but knowing that they have the stud cornerbacks there, like tight end often over, goes overlooked. So I think Austin Hooper is a decent play. And then I already mentioned Kyle Rudolph is is a good play at thirty six hundred on DK. All right, Doug, who are you going with? Uh, well, first, I'm going to wait for the, on the indie tight end situation. That's going to be the number one thing I want to see. I can talk myself into some of these cheaper guys. O'Shaughnessy with a new quarterback uh, could you never know who the new quarterback is going to target. So if I could, if he ends up being the guy on a, on a team that doesn't have any wide receivers, uh, I guess there's some upside there. Uh, Jimmy Graham always also has some touchdown upside. He's always a little bit overpriced, I think, on the name mostly more than anything. Uh, if he was back without Kendricks, I, so I'm probably looking at these guys, but mostly I'm just keeping an eye on the Colts situation. I like Matt Lacoste. Jason Moore talks me into it on last uh, on yesterday's show. He's the replacement in Denver. Um, they've been given a ton of targets. Cincinnati is bad, so I could see Cincinnati giving up a bunch of points, and maybe Lacoste gets in the end zone once or twice. He did last week. All right, wide receivers. Doug, why don't you go first for us here? Yeah, I'll go T.Y. Hilton. No one's going to play him. Um, they The targets chair has been there. He's going to get a bad matchup here, obviously, with Jacksonville. It's mostly what I tend to want to do with GBPs is target – wide receivers that have a ton of upside that no one's going to play because they're going to stare down the matchup and think that it's horrible and it is and it's not and it's not a great matchup so and that is why but it's also the reason no one is going to play him. that's why i've got julio yeah uh, i actually he was the other guy on the list uh there no one he, this is a guy that's not been on he is actually pretty close to a cash game play for me julio this week he draws a, he draws a great matchup this week um just in terms of what he's going to face in cornerback coverage but i'll go with ty because no one's going to play him six thousand on DraftKings has double digit upside especially if they're going to move him around if they're going to move around along the line to kind of avoid the worst matchup from the cornerback situation in Jacksonville. Again, it's mostly an ownership thing. He's 5% or less would be my guess. Tags, why don't you give us three or four names? Uh, so Chris Conley was one, definitely down at 3,800. I would think about him. I talked about Robbie Anderson, Tajay Sharp. Those guys are down the bottom. Um, but some guys like in that middle area, I mean, I don't want to say middle because he's 3,900. Curtis Samuel, he played almost every single snap last week. I know he only saw two targets, uh, but he looks really good Like when he does get the ball. And if for whatever reason, Devin Funches doesn't play or if Devin Funches, uh, you know, is active and they pull like a Sammy Watkins where they don't put him on the field because the offense actually looks better without him. I think he would be a good play that's going to be very low owned. And I know that Jason kind of put down Larry Fitzgerald last uh, on last show, but I'm not. I'm not scared of playing Larry Fitzgerald this week, I don't think. Not in GPP. Yeah, he's got a chance. Yeah, he plays a slot. It's like, you know, he's his average depth of target isn't as high as someone like Christian Kirk. Or Ricky Seals-Jones has been phased out of the offense. Uh, David Johnson may be kept in a block because of that pass rush. So, I mean, I could find a situation where it's like Larry Fitzgerald sees 10-plus targets. If there's snow, that would obviously change things a bit because snow is not very good. But Larry Fitzgerald's not a bad play. And then David Moore. I don't know why people are talking about Tyler Lockett like he's a top 36 play every single week, but they're not talking about David Moore. He's top 20 ECR and David Moore might be better. They're very similar. Like the thing is, is like between the three receivers in Seattle, I don't think that you could say that David Moore is the worst one. I think he's been playing maybe the best. Uh, in terms of like from a pure talent standpoint so far. Um, Tyler Lockett's been good, but David Moore, man, like he's just been playing too well like to not like think about him. And his projected uh, ownership this week is, is 2%. That's crazy. I've got three names. Nobody is going to play A.J. Green against Denver if he's healthy. 
AJ Green, I don't care if he's coming off a multi-week injury, if he's going up against a mediocre, good defense, whoever. AJ Green can go off any week, so I'll get him in there in a couple lineups. I also love uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for that, but he's had some big games. It can definitely happen. And then my final play, this is my favorite one. Dontrell Inman, especially if T.Y. Hilton is out. No one wants to pick on Jacksonville, especially with a no-name guy like Inman. You can you imagine him as Andrew Luck's number one at $5,100 on FanDuel? Look at my lips, man. <laughs> I like Dontrell Inman. I don't know if I'd play him against Jacksonville, though. Like, Jacksonville, their cornerbacks are still really good. And like looking Jalen at the- Ramsey is going to be out, man. Is he going to be out for sure? Not for sure, but it's going to happen. It's like, I'd say 85% chance. If he, I mean, if he misses, that's obviously a huge upgrade. And you know you know me, I keep very close uh, attention to the, to the Jags. I think he's out. Oh, yeah, I mean, A.J. Boye would be on T.Y. Uh, Hilton. So, obviously, the matchup would be a huge upgrade. So, that's, that's a deep play, man. I like it. All right, running back, who are you going with, Doug? Oh, man, I, I don't mind LaShawn McCoy this week, uh, same. Uh, especially on DraftKings, 4900 The price actually ticked up. He, they were giving him away last week. At like You guys are gross. <laughs> 42 or 4400 He touched the ball 17 times last week. Gets less targets with Josh Allen's around, so that is like a slight issue. They're, they're underdogs to Miami. I, don't, I mean, they just might be, they might be better than Miami. It's still Buffalo. Miami stinks. I, like, I don't really know. It's, this is just Vegas is seeing it as a four-point Miami favorite. It wouldn't shock me if Buffalo was just up early. 20 carries is in the cards for him if they even have a slight lead. So I think that I think he has upside. He's looked okay running the ball at times. And so and that's mostly what you want to see like his confidence out of him. Not a cash game play for me at all, but I do think he's a guy that he strikes me as a guy that could touch the ball 20 times in this matchup, especially if they get an early lead. Tags, I'm going to steal your guy here. Okay, first of all, I'm going to I'm going to premise this by saying I think that there are six good plays in cash games. There's seven good plays in GPP. I would play those six guys all day in GPP. There's one other one that I really like, and it's Jordan Howard against the Giants. Tags, was that your guy? He's definitely on my list for sure. Uh, at 4K, I don't, I can't pass him up there. He's got, he's got two touchdown upside here in a good matchup against the Giants, who have allowed a uh, hundred yard rusher in three of the last four games. And Josh Adams got close last week. I, I, I think people are overreacting a little bit in terms of like the whole take one Mizell thing where they're just they're scared now to play any Bears running back. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think that they try and get the run game going. They're on the road. They're, they just need to play solid defense, have a run game. They walk away with a win. That's how it works. Uh, so I think Jordan Howard at 4K, he's, his price is, is worth it at that point. They're the worst run defense in the NFL right now, and he runs the ball over 20 times every once in a while. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like Outside of last week, I mean, like I think he had 14 or more carries in almost every game. So he's going to get the carries. I like him. James White. Is is like someone that no one's gonna play. Recency bias has killed that. Oh, that is such a good call for GPP. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's just like he's he's projected at one percent ownership this week, which is just nuts to me. Like I, with with Minnesota dealing with the Xavier Rhodes injury, they might have to drop back, and like safeties can't be as aggressive. You might see some dump offs to him. Some people are worried about Rex Burkhead, but they they're they're likely gonna ease Burkhead back into the offense. We kind of saw that with Sony Michelle when he came back from his knee injury. So. Yeah, James White, not bad play, man. Not bad at all. Man, I like that. Can I throw out one more guy here that because we didn't talk about him, but I just want in terms of just overall usage that is probably going to go under own. Nick Chubb has touched the ball in the last four games since they basically turned it over to him 31, 23, 23, 20 times. But the, the, the key for this is, though, two of those were losses, and two of those were losses where they were getting killed. And so if, if the plan is going to be Nick Chubb's just going to touch the ball 20 times no matter what, like even if we're down two scores, um, with the upside of 30 touches, if we just happen to get up early, he's still only 7,000. The algorithms are bumping him down because the Houston matchup is is a bad one. They're just so good against the run. So um, I that's why he's coming cheap. 
But over the last four weeks, his usage is as high as any other running back in the game. Um, and so people aren't going to play him because of the matchup. But I just I loved when I see running backs that the, the teams are like, well, he's just going to touch the ball a lot. Who cares if we're winning or losing? He's just the running back. I think there's a lot. There's a huge floor in guys like that. By the way, James White, I want to go back to 6,500 is his salary. So he needs like 15, 16 points. Guys, he's hit 24 five times this season. Yeah, I mean, some of those games were without Sony and without Burkhead. So, I mean, there's concern. And, like, the matchup is not great. But I'm talking about, like, getting a part of a high-scoring offense that... He catches nine balls for 100 yards, two scores, with five carries. Especially with Minnesota's pass rush. Yeah. Two other names I want to ask you about. Sorry we're sticking on running back so long, but there's quite a few, I guess. Uh, Joe Mixon against Denver. I know Denver's been great, but he could have a big game. Dalvin Cook at New England, maybe they let him loose. I'm not banking on it, but there's a chance. I don't mind Cook, but there's just running backs who are just better plays, uh, it's like cheaper than him. That's I don't I don't mind Cook at all, but like Sony Michelle, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play Joe Mixon at all. Yeah, those guys, eh, Mixon especially. Like I don't like Mixon's matchup at all, and I I don't know if Driscoll is the type to check down much. I mean, he did he did throw some passes to Mixon last week, so I'm not going to rule that out. I would love to see Mixon targeted more in the pass game, but Denver's just been lights out against the run. All right, guys, quarterback, I'm going with Kirk Cousins to lead us off. Doug, who are you going with? I, I don't mind playing Baker here. Uh, like he, he's he been so efficient the last two weeks. Uh, 46 passes, 85% and 73%. He's run hot on touchdowns, seven touchdowns, is, and you get Cincinnati and Atlanta, and I get this is a much worse matchup. But With the way he's playing, that could happen. He just continues to improve. And so if, if the completion percentage is going to be there, obviously the offensive scheme looks more robust than it did whatever donkey trash they were running earlier in the season. He's been very good, and he will. He's another one. He has like that 20 to 40 rush upside if pressured. So he doesn't do it every game. Like He rushed four times for negative yards last week, but the week before, 20 yards, then a nine week, then a 43 week. Yeah, and he'll get into the end zone here and there too. Exactly. He has it in him, and especially when I see young quarterbacks gain more confidence. Like It's great when he plays bad teams to get more confidence because... He doesn't need more. Baker Mayfield doesn't need more confidence. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true um not, yeah not the confidence like run down and plant the flag in the middle of the field confidence i more just mean like confidence in the scheme like he's got the he's got he's got you, you wish you could bottle the confidence that this guy kind of brings with him but what i mean is like more confidence in scheme and he's clearly a guy if you saw his comments about especially about hugh jackson after the week uh, after last week like he was a guy that seems like he almost has something else to prove beyond it which is to say look how look how big of a mistake you made early in the season Hugh Jackson slash rest of the Browns thing and so I hate to like throw those narratives in on top of a guy because they're not analytic driven at all but I don't know I could see he's a guy the, the matchup is bad no one's gonna play him and it, for a guy that continues to improve I do think there's there could be a lot of points in it. we've got him at under 0.5 percent ownership I like that play I also like Aaron Rodgers even against Arizona because you never know tags what do you think man Aaron Rodgers somebody else I wouldn't want to play Rodgers. Uh, the Cardinals are one of five teams left in the NFL who have still yet to allow a 25-point performance to a quarterback, knowing that the weather is going to be down. Well, Rodgers hasn't put, been putting up GOAT numbers, so um, unfortunately. Not to say he can't do it, but his receiving core just doesn't allow him to do it right now. Um, so I, I like the Cousins call, but again, Stefan Diggs is worrying me. I think Jeff Driscoll is not like a bad play at 4,500. I know nobody wants to hear this, but the, the dude's a crazy athlete. He's He's got good size. We've seen him rush for a couple touchdowns this year already. Um, he's got a live arm. He, his accuracy down the field isn't great, but if A.J. Green's coming back, I mean, the way that you beat that defense in Denver is you throw the ball against them. So, I mean... I think Driscoll is like an uh, uh, like he's he's only 4500 on DK so like you're able to do some crazy things with him in your lineup um especially you know talking about that mobile quarterback uh, there's just a lot of, to like there I also think Matthew Stafford 
at 5400 isn't a bad play considering uh, potential game script with those guys. They're playing inside of a dome. You don't have to worry about weather. The last three games that the Rams have played, they've allowed a top three quarterback in each matchup. So Stafford, not a bad play. And uh, the last one I'm going to mention is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, such a good play. Like, I, I think you're going to see increased volume in this matchup against the Browns. So um, definitely, I, I'd consider Deshaun Watson in cash, actually. But I think that he's a good play in tournaments. Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, always have to remember, remind everyone that uh, they've got big time upside any week in any matchup. Now let's go stack of the week. Doug, you go first. Uh, my well, I think it's going to be my tournament and cash tag, and I think the Newton McCaffrey. I rarely like to do quarterback running back because it rarely makes sense. Uh, this is one where actually I think you take almost all the touchdown equity from a game where they have a huge just implied total and just basically break it up between those two guys. I mean, short of just, you know, a Curtis Samuel end the round or something like that. So, or an Alex Armhoff inside handoff, which almost crushed my soul a couple weeks ago. But um, the outside, outside of those, those kind of just weird kind of fluky things, I think they'll be popular. And I think it, Sometimes it makes sense to eat chalk in terms of upside GBP plays. And I think that, the, that stacking those two guys together makes a lot of sense for me. Tags, who are you going with? Jared Goff, Robert Woods, man. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm going uh, with the Tampa stack. Mike um, Evans and, and Winston? Mike Evans and Jameis Winston. Although, Mike Evans did not do well against Carolina last time. He did terrible, actually. But that was the that was the week he missed some practice time with what, the knee injury I think he was dealing with. He still saw eight targets in the game. I think ten. I thought I thought it was ten targets he saw in that game. But either way, um, he had, before that matchup, he had done well against Bradbury. So I actually like the Evans call. I, 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 I do. All right, guys, lock of the week. Doug, why don't you start us off? I'll go Aaron Jones. Um, I think that he's he's the guy in Green Bay right now. I, I think they want to just feed him the ball. I think they've realized that the error in their ways from when they just, I don't know if he was having blocking issues early in the season or whatever it was. I love him for a value, and I also just think that he is going to well outstrip his value. I, I'll, I'll call him my lock, and I get that maybe he's not the most popular one. Tags, who are you going with? I'm going to go with the same player that I have in my stack, and I'm saying Robert Woods. I mean, this guy, ever since, like, so after week one, he has not totaled less than 70 yards. He's playing the Cooper Cup role, so he's playing in the slot a little bit more with Josh Reynolds and Brandon Cooks outside. Brandon Cooks is going to draw Darius Slay in coverage. The Lions have had so many problems in the slot. Like, Tease Tabor is uh, their last last year's second-round draft pick. They benched him. He was a healthy scratch last week. Uh, if they bring him back, awesome, <laughs> because he's allowed a, a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating in his coverage. And then, so they actually replaced him with Nevin Lawson in the slot last week who allowed four catches for 48 yards on just 29 snaps in the slot. So I feel like Woods is like a lock to hit value at his price. All right, guys, in mine, it depends. If Sammy Watkins is out, we're going Chris Conley. $4,500? I mean, the price is appealing for sure, but does he hit value, though, if he doesn't score? That's the question. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm betting on Chris Conley if, if Sammy Watkins is out. And then uh, otherwise, I'm going with Kareem Hunt. I'm sticking with that Chiefs lineup. All right, guys, and that's all for today's show. Doug, thanks for taking the time to come on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good luck week 13. And thanks to the sponsors of today's show, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Check out what they have for you. Over hundreds of items that end every day up for auction. Some good affordable prices. Everything's guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And FanDuel.com, remember to get your $9 entry in for that World Fantasy Football Championship at FanDuel.com or their FanDuel app. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.